Takeda is a global biopharmaceutical company headquartered in Japan with a large U.S. presence, including facilities in six states. Their R&D focuses on oncology, rare diseases, neuroscience, gastroenterology, plasma-derived therapy, and vaccines. Improving access to their medicines is only one of the many ways Takeda has been improving patients' lives for 239 years. Learn more at Takeda.us. That's T-A-K-E-D-A dot U-S. I just want to say, Dan Diamond, I know John Bolton's big white mustache has been in the news a lot lately, but your coronavirus facial hair is is still number one in my book. God, Jeremy, you're 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 really gonna give my my facial hair and and long flowing locks a complex. <laughs> Hello, Pulse Check listeners. This is Dan Diamond, and welcome to our special Pulse Check series on the coronavirus outbreak. Today, I'm in virtual conversation with my colleague Jeremy Siegel, who hosts our great Politico Dispatch podcast every day, and. We are looking at John Bolton's explosive allegations about President Trump and what they can tell us about the White House's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Here's our conversation. President Trump's former national security advisor, John Bolton's allegations about the Trump administration have caused uproar across Washington, particularly when it comes to Trump's conduct toward China and his interactions with President Xi. But you're reporting that this gives us new insight into Trump's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. What exactly is Bolton alleging about Trump's conduct toward China? And what does it have to do with coronavirus? Bolton is making allegations, serious allegations, that President Trump consistently put his own reelection, his own personal interests ahead of national policy and safety in dealing with China. A lot of people have complained that he has a short attention span and he doesn't focus. I want to say when it comes to reelection, his attention span was infinite. This well predates coronavirus. This goes back to negotiations that Bolton witnessed or helped advise on regarding a trade deal that Trump was trying to work out with the Chinese. And Bolton, who is the president's top national security advisor, says that the president was trying to get China to support his reelection bid and overly flattering of President Xi in ways that made him uncomfortable, would make any American uncomfortable, suggesting that if China wanted the president to stay in office— They would take certain actions to benefit him. There's always been some element of quid pro quo when one country negotiates with another, but usually it's in national interest, not necessarily a leader's personal, professional interest. I think he was so focused on the re-election that longer-term considerations fell by the wayside. What this has to do with coronavirus is that Bolton, in his new book and some of his interviews, has said that the president was fearful of offending China, offending President Xi early in the crisis. And there was public confirmation of this. Trump tweeted in January and February that he was pleased with how China was responding to the virus, that China was perfectly transparent, that President Xi had the virus under control. At the time, that was not the case. 
the U.S. national security apparatus, some health officials were working behind the scenes to try to get access to China for weeks and weeks. And President Trump constantly coming out and praising China in, in public, that undermined the negotiating leverage that the U.S. had. Bolton in his book says that Trump was thinking of himself, not of the country, when it came to coronavirus. So these are all things that are visible, that we're all seeing, that are out in public. Does Bolton's memoir tell us anything new about the coronavirus response? You know, Jeremy, I, I think it does and it doesn't. On the one hand, Bolton is able to shade in the president's thinking because he was in the room with him. He saw private negotiations that have only been covered in, in media outlets. He is a first-person witness to how President Trump engaged with China, thought about his relationship with President Xi. At the same time, John Bolton was gone from the White House before the coronavirus epidemic emerged. Bolton left in the fall of last year. Coronavirus really became a going concern at the end of 2019, and it wasn't until January and February that the U.S. response really kicked into higher gear. So Bolton is basing his analysis of Trump's handling on coronavirus on his personal interactions but not necessarily his interactions around coronavirus. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back in a minute after a message from our sponsor. Takeda is a patient-focused, values-based, R&D-driven biopharmaceutical company headquartered in Japan that has a broad U.S. presence, including facilities in six states. All of their more than 18,000 U.S. employees are committed to bringing better health and a brighter future to patients everywhere. The company's research is primarily focused on Takeda's core therapeutic areas, pushing the boundaries of what is possible. They bring life-changing therapies to patients in oncology, rare diseases, neuroscience, gastroenterology, plasma-derived therapy, and vaccines. Takeda is always looking for ways to improve patients' access to their medicines, and that is only one of the many ways they have been improving patients' lives for 239 years. Learn more at Takeda.us. That's T-A-K-E-D-A dot U-S. All right, we are back. And Dan, I wanted to ask you, throughout all of this, we've seen President Trump, other top Republicans criticizing Bolton, saying he's disgruntled and that he is making unsubstantiated claims. When it comes down to it, do you think Bolton is credible here? I think so. John Bolton has a long career, certainly much longer than Donald Trump, in the Republican Party as a top voice on national security issues, on foreign policy. Bolton is someone who has defined views on China, on what the U.S. relationship with global powers should be. I think what's notable here is that John Bolton is willing to go on record in interviews in his book in ways that other officials have only privately grumbled to reporters for the past number of months. We now have Bolton coming out and confirming what those officials were saying months ago to me, to other outlets, that the Trump administration's negotiations with China were being undermined by Trump himself. So that is useful and valuable. At the same time, the question is always, why didn't John Bolton say this in the moment? That could have been more valuable to our reporting and also to how the U.S. was engaging with this historic pandemic. It's also notable to me, Jeremy, that President Trump has reversed his stance on China. 
In January and February, he was complimenting the handling of coronavirus, praising China for transparency. Now the attack line is that China wasn't transparent enough. So which is it? And I, I think what has happened is Trump has come around to the realization that it's better politics to attack China, but it's also somewhat factual. China could have done more to inform the world, to inform the United States, to let our health officials get on the ground. That took weeks and weeks. And by the time global health officials were able to see firsthand the devastation of coronavirus, some time was lost in what could have been a better global response. Well, what do you think that reversal and this undermining of negotiations, of coordination, what do you think it all tells us more broadly about the Trump administration's response to the pandemic over the past few months? It's another sign of how schizophrenic the response has been. There are different teams in the administration with different thoughts on what the coronavirus response should look like. We've seen some of that play out in the public eye. There have been different leaders of the coronavirus fight. It was Secretary Alex Azar, the health secretary at the beginning. Then the team moved to the White House under Vice President Mike Pence. We've come on the podcast before to talk about Jared Kushner and how his group emerged as the fixers across March and into April of doing more testing and, and acquiring supplies. So different factions have led at different moments on coronavirus. But President Trump himself has weighed in in ways that have skewed what U.S. officials were trying to do. This is one of those examples. We know that the U.S. was trying to get boots on the ground in China and very frustrated about the lack of doing that. And we know that because Secretary Azar gave interviews in January and February about the need for China to let global health officials into the country. The two lines of thinking can't both be true. Either China was transparent or wasn't at that time. And the president was out on an island and praising the country. So it's this lack of coordination, this lack of structured message that we see in so many different ways during the Trump administration. And it really comes to a head during the early days of coronavirus. You also reported recently on how the U.S. has virtually become the next Italy when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic, with Europe now in better shape and at the same time cases surging here in the U.S. What do you think that, combined with these revelations that we've been discussing when it comes to Bolton, what do you think they both together tell us about how the coronavirus pandemic has affected the U.S.'s standing globally? The United States has become the black sheep in coronavirus response. President Trump has talked repeatedly about America first. It's a slogan for him about America's standing in the world, about the need to put America's needs above the rest of the globe. But yet on coronavirus, we're in danger of being America last. There is no developed nation that has done as poorly as us when it comes to fighting coronavirus. Brazil is certainly going to be near the bottom of the barrel, too, given their, their own similarity and dysfunctional response and how cases are growing there. But the European Union has recovered in ways that the United States has not. In that recent reporting, uh, Sarah Wheaton of Politico Europe and I, we took a look at how Italy went from the worst case scenario to largely beating coronavirus. The number of daily cases there is now down to 100, 200, at the same time that cases in the United States are up at 32,000. Even if you account for the population differences, and we're five, five and a half times the size of Italy, that's still 1,000 cases in the U.S. a day. Public health experts would be thrilled 
if our case count was on par with Italy's right now. And because the virus is spreading so rapidly in the United States, still months into this pandemic, European Union leaders are thinking about excluding the United States from travel and tourism into their member countries in in the coming months. Essentially, we have flip-flopped with those countries that were so concerning back in January and February and March, the countries that seem to be spreading coronavirus. Now it's the U.S. exporting coronavirus to the rest of the world. All right, that is our show for this week. I'm Dan Diamond, and my thanks to my colleague Jeremy Siegel for joining me. Our producers are Annie Reese and Jeremy Siegel. Jenny Ament is our senior producer, and Irene Noguchi is our executive producer. Subscribe to Politico's Pulse Check on your favorite podcast app. And you can help us by leaving a rating or review. Not only do we read each one, but it helps new listeners find the show. You can follow Politico's coverage of the coronavirus in the Politico nightly newsletter every evening and in Politico Pulse, which I co-author every morning. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll be back with you again next week.